This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Flatulence tracing. We are all shitholders. Jenkins, did you accidentally use the incoming missile alert? Cubsessed and J-O-B-C roulette. And Rick's brush with songwriter Jimmy Webb. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opi production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Oh, welcome to another edition of Minutia Man with Rick Kemper and Dave Stern. Dave, how are you doing? I'm good, Rick. We went to uh, went to the Bulls game yesterday. Yeah, the kids. You you told me that on the phone. I couldn't believe it. It's yeah, yeah. a very uh, un-Dave thing to do. It was a it was a great game. The Bulls won. That one guy scored a bunch of points, <laughs> and, the, and that other guy scored some. And uh, they seemed to no. The kids seemed to have a good time. But one thing that was really great that happened, um, we caught a T-shirt. You know how they? Um, oh, really? They, the T-shirt got, cannon? Yes. And and have you been to a Bulls game lately? I There's, have not been like, for years. It's like a howitzer. It like um, it it like shoots. I don't know, 60 shirts a minute. I mean, it's just boom, 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 boom. And we caught one. I caught one. Congratulations. <laughs> I don't like to brag, but kids were very impressed. Hey, yeah. by the way, um, can I say this yet? I'm looking out the side. Um, I know we're not allowed to play music on this show, mm-hmm. but music to my ears is happening uh, outside my house at this moment. Are, are the kids... My, shoveling the snow. My, uh, my son Johnny is outside shoveling. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It is. Nothing makes me happier. So how old is he? 18? 19. He? 19. So it took 19 years to show value. Is that what you're telling me? No, no. He sh- he's showed value a good solid year ago. Okay. Uh, he can go like grocery shopping for you too, right? Does he ever do that? Yeah. You know what? I still have not sent the boys to do. Uh, you know, because Tommy is now 21. I have still not, uh, I still not sent him to buy liquor for me, <laughs> which I'm, I think this just proves that I am like father of the year material. <laughs> well, better father than your father, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, my dad sent me all the time. Yeah, right. <laughs> you fly, I buy. That's well, right. You fly, but I buy. You got a deal. <laughs> You when want you some what? Augsburger? Sixteen. <laughs> uh, when did he start uh, sending you to get booze? Actually, not till I turned twenty-one because uh, it wasn't legal to buy. Yeah, but you, you were a studly kid. Couldn't you have passed for twenty-one when you were? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't pass for twenty-one when I was thirty-one. <laughs> oh, here's uh, something that happened at the Bulls game. So, me and Julia at halftime, and you know, Julia is 12 but she looks like she's like seven okay right so i was walking with julia around the you know around the stadium during halftime and uh, a, a girl i don't know like 11 or 12 kind of she was like texting or something and kind of bumped into us and her mother <laughs> chastised her and she goes look where you're going you almost you almost ran into that little girl and her grandpa oh wow <laughs> but let the record show she looks like she's seven so wow. yeah, yeah, I think the problem is that she looks young. <laughs> Julia's been talking about it all day. Hey, Grandpa, can I have a fries, Grandpa? You know, uh, yeah. So she, uh, 
so yeah I, I got the grandpa remark yesterday you know uh the uh the photos of us over the weekend we were we were at the uh, chicago writers association awards and one of our authors ml collins won a uh a book of the year prize which you know we we're very proud of her so we went there and we had our pictures taken and uh both you and i saw the picture and realized mm. that we're big fat pieces of shit <laughs> oh, I, I know well it was a two chin minimum at the bar and I well think. you know here's so here's my story on that i i pointed this out to my lovely wife bridget who said yep pretty much <laughs> that's nice isn't it isn't it well she she was talking about you, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, hey, here's something. I, I, do anybody from the Chicago Writers Association listen to this podcast? Uh, um, we'll find out, I suppose. <laughs> um, have you noticed that when you when we go to these events and we start talking to these people from the Chicago Writers Association, I don't know if you feel the same way, I'll like get a conversation with us, get into a conversation with them for a few minutes and then realize this person is far smarter than I am. Oh, every one of them is smarter than every, us. Every one of them. You know, and they'll start talking about very interesting things and like, you know, authors that they like. And I don't have never heard of some of these authors. So I just <laughs> I nod my head. Right. And go. Yeah, I love. Them. We are considered Sheldon. non-traditional publishers and people just right. don't understand how non-traditional we are. <laughs> well, and one thing that I've also, what I've also noticed, you know, Dave in Lolita, uh, real Lolita, okay, um. <laughs> loved, loved Lolita. That was, uh, that's my favorite kink song. <laughs> um, what I have noticed, though, and some of these writers can can switch topics pretty well. I mean, they could go from, you know, Sheldon Sonovitz or something, you know, some author to the Cubs pretty seamlessly i mean some of these yeah. guys are pretty well well read yeah and no i agree they're not they're not dorky they're just they're smart far smarter than we are i know so that is that is what i realized when we were there is that why i'm totally out of my league here <laughs> yeah i i feel the same way uh, you know uh-huh. I, I probably shouldn't admit this as a member of the board of directors but <laughs> <laughs> but you know when i talk to some of the other authors there i'm like wow okay i'm, yeah, I'm not that, even an, i'm not even an author i've written seven yeah. books you are. right but you're a real author i'm just brick yep exactly i'll bring bagels i got poppy seed i got onions and two schmears that's what i am it's, it's so, uh, maybe they feel the same way when they're speaking to us what do you think <laughs> That we're smart or we're dumb? No, that we're super smart, and that. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, you know how some people that are really, really smart don't seem to be really, really smart. That's us. That's our mo. Right? You know what I That's... have been told by a couple of those people is uh, how funny we are, well, and we that are. funny is considered a a different type of of intelligence. Yeah. Okay. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if that if that's the move I got, I'm taking it. Yeah. There yeah. All right. I'm with you. Hey, uh, do we have any <laughs> any minutia for the uh, uh, listeners today now that we've exposed our self-loathing? Um, well, and this is highbrow. You know how intelligent we are. This is a very highbrow um, news item. With ingestible pill, you can now track your fart de- development in real time on your phone, Rick. <laughs> See, this is how we raise ourselves in status with, the, with our fellow writers. <laughs> uh, scientists often hope to break ground with their research, but a group of Australian researchers would be likely to be happy with breaking wind. Get it? Breaking I, ground. I do, breaking yes. Wind. 
the team developed an ingestible electronic capsule to monitor gas levels in the human gut. When it's paired with a pocket-sized receiver and a mobile phone app, the pill reports tailwind conditions in real time as it passes from the stomach to the colon. That's kind of cool. Right. The researchers, led by Tootie Cheek Squeaker. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> um, I can't even pronounce the guy's name. Korish Zalbaldaba of, of RMIT University and Peter Gibson of Monash University reported their invention Monday in the Nature Electronics. So, yes, this is a pill that you can take and you can kind of chart the gas in your body. I think that's right? I, that's kind of awesome. And you can find out yeah. what it is that is actually causing you to have gas. Exactly. Um, and which I think is probably what the point of this, not as a parlor trick, although, you know, I'm going to try to get these. Uh, uh, and so this reminded me of a story from St. Patrick's Day when we were in college. Have I ever told the story, the green pea story before? I think you have. Um, but you go, ahead. Up, go ahead and tell it again. Up, you want to fire up the Dave, you've told the story before jingle? Can you uh, do that? Yeah, I'm looking for that. Uh, I should have that ready to go all the time. Oh, wait, here we go. Wait. Alert. Alert. Dave, you've already told this story on a previous episode of Minutia Men. That's the end of the alert. End of alert. Alert over. Okay, go ahead. So it was, what, 1985, 1986, St. Patrick's Day? Well, it was the night before St. Patrick's Day, and me and my buddy Rick. It was uh, actually 1987. Out. Oh, because you were you already gone and you came back? Yeah, because I was working uh, in Chicago already. Um. So, was, so you came back to Chicago. So you are time of your life, young kid living in the big city, and you come back to Champagne for St. Patrick's Day. Well, Champagne at a very dear spot spot in my heart. So you on the night before St. Patrick's Day, we were out at a bar, and you gave me a pill, and you said, "Here, take this." <laughs> and of course, I do what any college kid does. Just I take, take the it. Pill. Just take it without <laughs> exactly. asking. <laughs> right, right. So I just take it, go on my day, and I, well, I reasonably was sure that you weren't going to give me a pill that was going to kill me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and you were not a hard drug user, so no, was, you know, never. It, right. So I mean, whatever. So I took the pill, and then nothing happened. And then the next day, I go to the bathroom, and I pee uh, antifreeze green pee. I mean, it was that green that 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 fluorescent green urine and i'm like well this is weird and it then was st patrick's I, day get it right exactly no i understand and i remember and then i had a chuckle and i'm like oh i bet that's what that pill was and you got a pill that turned my urine green so thank you for that yeah, and it, you know a better use of that pill and i can't i can't rev, i can't divulge how i got that bill because it was kind of a dr nick sort of situation um, a hippo law yeah um, yeah. But uh, the better use of it is to go to a bar that is serving green beer. Yeah. And then just go to the urinal after you've taken this pill and go, man, <laughs> oh. this is look at it, this green beer is really killing me to the to the guy next to you. <laughs> well, you're, you're you're really always in it for the shtick. I really right? am. If I can make a guy laugh next to me who's peeing, that's a good day. Uh, you know, speaking so it, of farts. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I know we're not really, but uh, your your fart tracker. You know what I discovered this week? I was reading about um, England, and you know that, and that and we're uh, huge in England. Well, and that uh, our president is not uh, is really kind of not welcome there right now. Yeah, sure. Um, 
But anyway, in the article, just in the minutia of the article, I discovered that the word Trump is a euphemism in England for fart. Oh, like Trump, like toot Trump. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you sense. know that? I did not. No. So, uh, of course, I did some more investigating after I saw that, and I, uh, I clicked. Uh, you can do this. <laughs> you can do this. Trump limericks. Uh, and and so you, limericks come up not about um, not about our president, but about farting. Uh, uh, would you like so to, the, Would you like to hear one? So, how long were you on this site? Three hours. <laughs> sure, I was on it so long that I've got a page here on my desktop with with fart limericks. Please, please hit me. Sure. All right. Because this is high. This is you know we're poets. We're, we're not Chicago just writer writers. We're Caliber. also yeah. poets. A flatulent young man in a bar farted just to, just like his papa. He upset all the drinkers with the smell of his stinker, so they made him sit out in the car. <laughs> okay, that's Pulitzer right there. Give me another one. How many you got? I got three. Okay, this is going to be the longest Minutia Men episode ever. Yeah. I need more. Go on. Give me more. No one will ever hold a torch to my dad because the smell from his bum is so bad. Whilst his emissions of foul gases may well turn off the lasses, it makes him feel like one of the lads. <laughs> okay, good. Not as good as the first one, but good. Yeah, I like the first one was the best one. Uh, farting in bed can be a distraction and quickly damage your attraction. So try to do it discreetly and hope it smells sweetly or you may not be pleased by the reaction. <laughs> Well, that one's more self-helpy. <laughs> it is. So, right. so is. Uh, well, great. That is. Good. Um, you know, I was just think. I was. I just had a thought right now. What are you calling this app? You know, you have to. You know, there's an app. You adjust the pill, and then there's an app. What is the name of the app that you have to download to, to track your fart? Oh, you're talking now. You're back to the uh, the pill that yeah, uh, tracks yeah, right. your fart. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't either. All right, well, let's uh, put that out there for people to think about. Yeah. Um, how about like colon bowling? Well, uh, something with colon, right? Okay. Not, not uh, burp, pooper. I don't know. Uh, whatever. We'll uh, tweet your tweet your uh, <laughs> yeah, tweet, tweet your poop app names. Uh, Minutia Men. I have I have some minutia to share. Uh, yeah, I have some audio to play here. Hang on. Give them twenty two minutes and they'll give you absolutely nothing of value. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Now this is kind of this is going to uh, this is going to set a Minutia Men record mm. because uh, I'm about to. I don't even know how to say this. I'm about to say something nice about you. Mm. Two yeah. episodes in a row. Okay. What was what was last year or last week? Last week I was reading from the Balding Handbook. Oh, that's right. When I when I actually coined the term Trumpers back in 2011. Good. This okay. week I'm reading from the lead story in Robert Feeder's column, yeah. uh, who covers the media in Chicago. Although I will note that it was the lead story online, but uh, in the newspaper did not appear. <laughs> 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 because the Daily Herald, who he writes for, yeah. has uh, has a higher standard than the president himself. Okay, and so no here offense. it is. It's no. uh, we're calling this shithole store. Uh, I'm now quoting uh, Robert Feeder. It's only the middle of January, but courtesy of President Donald Trump, we already may know the word of the year. 
shithole. Of course, a uh, Chicago area publisher secured the online de- de- uh, the online domain weareallshitholers.com and released a line of merchandise bearing the logo he designed featuring the Statue of Liberty. I'm a shitholer.com was already taken. Ultimately, I'd like to create a website that highlights the contributions of immigrants from those so-called shithole countries, said David Stern, co-founder of publisher of co-founder and publisher of Eckhart's Press. Until then, all profits from any merchandise sold on WeAreAllShitholers.com, including t-shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, tote bags, etc., will be donated to to charities that improve the lives of people in those areas. And it's stern. My parents immigrated from Berlin in 1949. I imagine there wasn't a bigger shithole on earth back then. I saw the movie Downfall. You saw Downfall, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, Berlin was a shithole. It was. I, so this is, let me to kind of tell you what happened. So I'm watching CNN on the Thursday evening, you know, when this was happening, when the shithole story was breaking. And like most people, you know, the first thing I do is I log into my GoDaddy account and see if any of the shithole related domain names are available. <laughs> right. Because right? everyone thinks that way. <laughs> exactly. And and part of it is, you know, I've been disappointed over the years. I tried to get, you know, bindersfullofwomen.com. Couldn't get that like deplorables.com or grab them by the pussy.com. All those were taken. Um, uh, but here's a tip, by the way, don't go to shithole.com when your young children are in the room. I'm just letting, telling you that right now. Um, so shitholer.com was taken. I finally, what did manage to procure, we are shitholers.com. So I created a logo, sent it to you immediately for yeah. approval, right? Yes. Uh, and I gave it a thumbs I, up. I had Michelle's cousin, Barry, who is a genius, and he actually, here's a plug for him, go to uh, beartoons.com. He sells great t-shirts. He's a great artist. Anyways, he kind of tweaked it up and made it look a hell of a lot better. He slapped it all on uh, Cafe Press, and boom, we're selling an impressive line of uh, we are shithole products, all shitholer products, you know, within hours. And and this is real. I mean, you really can go to we are... What is it? We are all we are all shitholers.com. And that will and take you to the Cafe Press thing? Yeah, and we are going to donate all profits from the sale of any, again, of the impressive line of T-shirt, mugs, and magnets, and shirts to improve the lives of people from distressed countries. We're going to uh, donate all that money to charities. And so far, Rick, yeah. I, I believe we have um, created enough profits to give a family of four in Haiti a really nice Sunday brunch. <laughs> well, that's better than nothing. <laughs> exactly. Right. I'm improving their lives one brunch at a time. I, so. I did talk to a parent on my uh, on my son's soccer team uh, who saw the Facebook post about this, and she immediately bought four coffee mugs. Great. So she, she loves it. No, I think, uh, no, in all honesty, this is one of the few times in my life that I'm really this is this is not a, what's in it for me i'm actually going to donate the profits to charity uh, okay <laughs> no the this way you the said old- that it makes it sound suspect that <laughs> no 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 no, no previous this- times when i said well, i was gonna do that that was full of shit well no uh well i am i am apt and so are you my friend to sometimes try to find profit in civil distress yeah. right yeah. I don't so, know what you're talking about. Okay, but this time, yes, this is all on the up and up this time. So okay. go to weareallshitholers.com. 
<laughs> and buy and the shirts look great actually i think the t i think the, the mugs look great too don't you think oh i you know i bought a mug yeah i, I have so, to have one well we appreciate it hey um we have a winner in our retweet contest oh okay who who is it um uh the winner is emzt radio and their twitter profile says it's your home for macabre fun music interviews and independent horror uh, this is an prom- internet radio station i don't know it's a twitter okay yeah it, um they haven't responded to their winner's notification yet uh but their twitter profile says that their location is on the dark side of the net so okay how much is shipping going to cost for that is what i want to know yeah uh but they won a two they're going to win two crying cub t-shirts a balding handbook and truffle hunt by brent peterson all of that all of that will be coming their way if they ever respond to the winner's notification okay uh congratulations go out to emzt radio and all you have to do to win is retweet or and follow us on Twitter. Every time you see one of our posts or tweets, you retweet it, you follow us, you get entered into a drawing, and you might be a lucky winner. And if you'd like to subscribe to Minutia Men, which I know that you may already have, or, and if you haven't, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, um, iHeartRadio, and you can go to the RadioMisfits.com website, and you can listen to our show as well as many, many great shows that are on the network. So listen, comment, rate, and subscribe mm-hmm. to Minutia yep. Men. We appreciate yep. it very much. Any more Minutia for the ladies and gentlemen? Uh, fire up Jenkins, would you? Uh, Jenkins? Okay, here goes. When you're on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be... Jenkins! Jenkins! With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! What have you done this week, Jenkins? I'm sure most of uh, you've heard about what happened in Hawaii over the weekend, right? And I'm sure most of our listeners probably have too. Oh yeah, right. the uh, the false alarm. The right, okay. right. Oh yeah, I guess right. that's that's definitely a Jenkins moment, I suppose. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, and so, for those of you living in a bomb shelter uh, and didn't hear this, uh, at around eight o'clock Saturday morning, um, while most Hawaiians were probably what relaxing with their first cup of Kona coffee and, you know, settling in for an easy day of falsifying birth certificates. The following text was sent to thousands of iPhones in Hawaii. Emergency alert. Ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. And it was also followed by a skull and crossbones emoji, a mushroom cloud emoji, and hands praying emoji. Is that for real? No. Oh. I made up the emojis. Wow. Jesus Christ. Uh, thankfully, it wasn't true, and it was just a Jenkins moment of some guy literally in Hawaii at the Hawaiian State Defense Headquarters thing. He literally pressed the wrong button. And this tweet, or this, I'm sorry, this, yeah, this text goes out to people, thousands of people with iPhones in Hawaii. Um, now, a couple of things here yeah. that I'm thinking. Um, First of all, you know how when you're on either Facebook or Twitter and you're like doing a post and you accidentally try to leave the page and it gives you like that pop up that says, do you really want to leave the page because you didn't submit the post or whatever? Yeah, mm-hmm, sure. Uh, don't you think 
that there should have been some sort of pop-up on the screen that said, "Do you are you really sure there is a ballistic missile coming? Well, I, I, shouldn't there be like 37 of those <laughs> right, before right. that so, one goes out? Yeah, uh, evidently not. Um, evidently, you could just press this button and the, and the uh, text go everywhere. Second, and I think this is the funniest part of it, have you gone on YouTube and viewed any of the videos from people that were going through this? Yes. Before they, yes. Uh, um, what I think is hilarious is that there's dozens of people that decided that an impending nuclear holocaust was a perfect time to fire up a live stream. <laughs> well, right. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, it's like you're saying farewell to people. Well, <laughs> well, some of these videos were like, OK, we just got the. We just got the news that there's a bomb coming. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to my vlog at blah, blah, blah. <laughs> well, see, there's somebody who thinks like you. <laughs> right. Yeah, think about the hits we're going to get. Uh, so what would you do? My question to you is what would you do if you, you know, if you well, knew that there was coming in 15 minutes? What would you do? So I saw this story on Saturday morning also. And and that was the first thing I thought about is what what would I do? Especially think about it. You're in Hawaii. Yeah. Right. right. In Hawaii, it's not like you can get in the car and start driving. No, you just stay in Hawaii. Yeah. You're just I mean, stuck. Right. Right. But uh, I think I think I would just, you know, go in the basement, uh, gather everybody around and, you know, maybe listen to some music. I, I don't know what I would do. Well, uh, the first thing I would do is I'd go around the house and I would put up all the toilet seats. Yeah. What are you going to do about it now? <laughs> right. Oh, look at me. I'm putting up the toilet seats. Uh, every dirty dish in our house, I would yeah. just jam in our dishwasher yeah. without without placing it at all. <laughs> there's some. Well, yeah, there's some it, pent up hostilities. Here. Right, right. Uh, yeah. I am scraping zero dishes and just throwing them <laughs> in the dishwasher right now. Uh, you know, it was another thing that I was wondering uh, while this was happening, happening. Do you think like the Hawaiian strip joints got real busy for 15 minutes? <laughs> it could be. What although, do you, you know, although the strippers probably just said, see ya. <laughs> yeah, good point. But yeah, I wonder if uh, so. Um, so, yeah. And Jenkins, too. Did you hear the news today that the exact same thing happened in Japan last night? For real? Yeah. No, I did the, not hear that. Yeah, there's this the, the exact same thing happened. I don't have the details in front of me, but the exact same thing happened in Japan. Uh, a um, a nuclear it was it was a text that went out as well as a um, uh, a, th- a signal on the television that said that uh, there was a there was a ballistic missile coming. Well, doesn't that kind of make you feel a little bit better that the Japanese did it too? Right, because I mean, well, when I first heard it, I'm like, only in America, only this country is stupid enough to do this, and apparently, no, we're not. No, uh, yeah, Japan, and uh, and did you say, and not to get political, but did you see what uh, Joe? Uh, what's the guy's name? Joe Apario is what's Arpaio? the name? Uh, yeah, you know what he said? He said no. something like, "Of course they're going to screw up. Look what they did with Obama's birth certificate." Nice. Uh, yeah. So nice. whatever. Yeah. So there you go. Hawaii Jenkins. All right. Jenkins well, that's a good one. It's uh, time for our Cubs feature. Time now for a collection of Cub geekness. This is Just One Bad Century. With Rick and Dave. So actually this weekend we uh, made it official with a couple of authors that we have. Uh, Randy Richardson and Becky Sarwati are going to uh, be coming out with a uh, Cubs book called Cubsessed. 
Uh-huh. And actually, the inspiration for that book, one of the inspirations was uh, on our website, Just One Bad Century, I have this Every Cub Ever feature. And that includes not just players that have played for the Cubs or managers or front office types. It also includes some of the more famous Cubs celebrities in that Every Cub Ever thing. And, and those two authors, Randy and, and Becky, tracked down uh, lots of them. And uh, uh-huh. have put a book together. But uh, for us, for this week, I'd like to do uh, another episode of uh, Just One Bad Century Roulette, if you don't mind. You love this, don't you? You're I, a gambling I do. Guy. It's, just, it's also <laughs> one less thing for me to prepare. <laughs> You're right. Sick. Uh, all right. How about... So you got to pick a letter and then pick a right. number, and then I will go through and, and, and read you about that person. All right. How about V8? Oh, I see. I like that way you're the, thinking the, there. The whole tomato drink or All whatever, right, the vegetable gee, drink. Let's see how yeah. many views. There might be a eight, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yes, there is. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about a, a man named High Vandenberg, uh-huh. who played Never for the Cubs him. in 1944, 1945. He had been a, a fringe big leaguer in the years before the war, pitching mainly in September for teams out of the pennant race. And then he got a cup of coffee. Let's see. He got a cup of coffee in 1935 with the Boston Red Sox. And then from 1937 to 1940, he was with the Giants at the end of each of those years, and he was pounded badly on all of those Mm. teams. But in 1944, there was a a world war going on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's get that Vanderberg guy hey, coming yeah, up. Whatever happened to him? <laughs> uh, so he came on uh, and made it to uh, made it to the Cubs. Uh, he won seven games, pitched pretty well in relief. Uh, also pitched in 1945, pitched, pitched brilliantly in relief during the World Series, had three appearances, pitched six innings, only allowed one hit, and then everyone came back from the war. And he went he back. He never pitched in the big shirt. leagues again. Yes. Um. Here's a question. So, did he serve in the army during? Well, he so he was born in 1906. So he was probably too old. Yeah. So right. So he was. Yeah. He 38. Was, yeah. 38. What was the draft in World War II? Do you know? I don't think it did ever it went up? up to the your mid 30s. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So that. So he uh, high Vandenberg got away with it. Well, one thing good about being in your mid fifties, yeah, the draft, it's got to be a really bad war for for them to call a Rick and Dave, don't you think? Yeah, no, that's true. Although you know, I uh, I have three sons, yeah, so that kind of changes it a little bit for me. Yeah, sorry. Although I think Tommy would go in there and they'd go, "Okay, thank you, thanks for coming, son." <laughs> right. uh, yeah, um, Sean would actually talk his way out of it. Yeah, somehow. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I think Johnny would have to go, but uh, that's it. Let's not uh, let's not let's not put bad karma out no, there. No, let's not. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. Okay, uh, so let's do our final feature of the day, shall we? Mm-hmm. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture, collection, selection, assemblage, medley, assortment, variety. Time now for celebrity potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where uh, Dave reaches his hand into the uh, Costco jar and pulls out a name of a celebrity. And, uh, you know, I was talking to a couple of buddies of mine the other day who are fans of Minutia Men, and they have a question for you. Mm. 
Uh, does it look like there's any end to the names in the in the jar, or uh, are we almost running uh, out? Or no, I think there's. Let me hold on. Let me look. Uh, I think there's like thirty left, maybe. Oh, I thought it would be more than that. Um, maybe there's more. It's they're, you know, they're kind of crumpled up, so it's okay. kind of like figuring out how many jelly beans are in a. Yeah, I think there, there's easily thirty or forty. And you've mentioned that you've got quite a few more. Yeah, I started keeping track of names that I've I need to throw in there. So go ahead and pull one out and see what we got. Jimmy Webb. Do you know who that is? No. You you really don't know who that is? I don't know. I don't, is he a musician? Jimmy Webb. I don't. Yes, I don't. he is a musician. He's a, a songwriter and actually a, a, a quite a famous songwriter. He he wrote. Let's see. I'm trying to think songs that you would know. Remember MacArthur Park? Yeah, sure. Yeah, someone left a cake out in the rain. That was him. Mm-hmm. He wrote uh, Wichita Lineman. He wrote. Uh, up 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 and away you know the uh the fifth dimension song mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, by the time i get to phoenix songs like that anyway i i must admit i didn't know a lot about jimmy webb before i started working for Stephen gary and steve doll is a huge jimmy webb fan mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so jimmy would come when he came to town to chicago he would come on our show and that's how i discovered all about him and got to know him a little bit um, and he's a very nice man. Um, the The reason I included his name in there is the story I have is really weird. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. What year? Uh, so this is um, 2011. Oh, oh yeah. So this is oh, All right. okay. This, this is uh, so unrelated to the Stephen Gary years, sort of. Um, I was sent on an assignment to uh, cover a story for. Shore Magazine. They were sending me to Italy on this tour of the Marquet region to write about. Uh, that's, that's, that's a scam. How did you manage to do that? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know Go. how I managed to be honest with you, but it was awesome. Wow. It was a totally wow. free trip to yeah. Italy. And I brought with your Bridget wife along. Too. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I had to pay for her, though which is outrageous <laughs> but anyway i was in this in this beautiful part of italy and uh along on this trip there were other writers but there were also travel agents along and there's like a group of travel agents and a group of writers and kind of the writers hung out together and travel agents hung out together and and they uh, were all smarter than you too right yeah probably yeah, <laughs> yeah. probably uh, but they were all you know more uh, the, the the other writers were all more uh like uh actual travel writers i was just a writer who was writing about travel for this particular story right anyway i didn't really hit it off with some of the writers i i kind of hung out with one or two of them one of them was uh, just a a super nice lady who wrote for the sun times years and years ago and lives in pennsylvania now and then uh, there was another woman who never really came and talked to us until the last night we were there and they sat us all in a table, and I happened to be sitting next to her. I started making small talk with her, um, and I could tell she was like, "Yeah, all right, whatever, pal," you know. <laughs> um, and then uh, she said something about my my husband uh, Jimmy, and I knew that her last name was Webb because it okay. was on her on her uh, name tag. Yeah, 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 sure. And I so jokingly Jimmy said, "Oh, you Jimmy Webb, the uh, the songwriter." She goes, "Yeah." 
I said, that's your husband? Yeah. And then I told her about uh, working with Stephen Geary and how I got to know him, you know, back in those days. Uh, and, and then we were like best friends. Best friends, buddies. Right. And we talked you- the rest of the night about uh, Jimmy and his songs, and it, it was awesome. In the middle uh, of uh, the Marquet region of Italy. Is, um, is Does he still tour? Or does he still... Oh, he didn't. I mean, does he? At that time, he was still uh, touring. I don't know. I haven't really followed him since. He can't be young anymore. No, or... he's definitely not. Uh, but he was really young when he when he was uh, writing those hits. So I don't. I think he's probably in his seventies. We could look that up. Um, that's not that old. No, <laughs> not no. at all. So no, that is my young. that is my Jimmy Webb story through uh, uh, from Stephen Geary is through Chicago through Italy, Italy, and back. All the- it's the uh, what is it the sub what is the seven six degrees the, of separation? Yes, that's it. Right, it's six degrees of minutia. Uh, so. Hey, I want to mention something. Okay. Um, uh, Vinny, who is our uh, who helps with the jingles and really a very dear friend of both of us, uh, his dad passed away over yes. the last week, and we would like to extend our good vibes and condolences to him and his family. He was a very nice man, and. Uh, our hearts and prayers go out to him. Yeah, we got to know uh, Vince Senior mm-hmm. um, over the years, and he was a great guy. Oh, he, was he had, a, great he had guy. a stroke a few years ago and wasn't able to speak anymore, <clears throat> and uh, and so that was frustrating for him because he was right. one of those gregarious guys. Right. Remember, he was selling for us for a while. Yeah, yeah, at. Uh, when we did the when we when we were advertising agency moguls yeah. again, again when every other age, a, advertising agency mogul was smarter than us too. Have you noticed that we start businesses where everybody else is smarter than us? You know, some people start businesses and know about the industry before they start the business. Dude, I have a master's yeah. degree in advertising. How hard could it possibly have been? Uh, I do remember sitting in meetings with the other advertising. Like sometimes advertising agencies would hire us. Yeah, to do yeah. the writing. Do you remember that? And we'd sit there. Oh, yeah. And they'd have all these smoke and mirrors. Uh, you know, our, our focus groups say blah, blah, blah. You know, and we'd be like, well, we just want to write a funny, some, a funny commercial <laughs> right. for you. Right. What's in it for us? Because we want to win an award at the end of the year. Uh, well, did I'm not going to mention the advertising agency that were you at this meeting um, that we were doing the that spot for that. Okay, don't say the client name. No, no, I want the construction company. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. Yes. And we were we did a spot, which was pretty good. I mean, it was a straight spot because these people didn't like funny. Right. And really, that's what we bring to the table. So yeah. And we, so we did the spot, and then we produced the spot, and he wanted the client wanted a woman in her late forties. The the sound right. of the voice. <laughs> right. And he was complaining because she sounded like she was in her mid forties. There wasn't there also like a twenty a twenty minute argument about house versus home, yeah, right? House or is yeah, it really it, a house or is it your home? <laughs> I, well, I think it's a it's a house because it's not a home yet. But do you want it to be your home? <laughs> yeah, it was just and I yeah. and when you're in these meetings, you got to kind of talk the talk yeah although we really didn't talk the talk very well and that's why we don't have the advertising agency anymore yeah uh and um because i so, got up one day and said you know what <laughs> I know. Isn't that's that a, tr- it's a true story isn't it that's exactly true yeah. we were actually doing well we had we were making money and we basically it wasn't an advertising agency we were a radio production house 
And one day you woke up going, yeah, I don't want to deal with these people anymore. And you, and you, and we broke the, and we dissolved the business. Yeah. Yep. When are you, when are you going to do that with the publishing company? You're about <laughs> got to stay on your that, toes, right? pal. Got to stay on your toes. <laughs> to find out more about Rick and Dave, check out www.eckhartspress.com. You can also uh, check us out at author Chicago Author Solutions.com. If you'd like to reach us, you can drop us a line at minutiamenpodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasana with Opi Productions, distributed by Ed Silla, the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And as you mentioned, uh, special thanks to Vince Argento, who is the man who's behind all the audio clips that you hear in this show and uh, is a dear, dear friend of ours. And, and we wish you the, the very best, Vinny. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Minutiaman. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? We are shitholers.com.